Retail Relief, brought to you by BRC Learning. Hi, I'm Jags Dahili. Welcome to Retail Relief. This podcast is here to empower retailers with the knowledge, hints and tips to get through this chaotic time. Today, we are joined by a phenomenal money mindset and savings coach. She focuses on individuals with negative beliefs surrounding money, with a highlight on paying yourself first. A fabulous individual whose tagline is, I just want to see you win. Introducing Natalie Scott. Welcome, Natalie. How are you? I'm very well, Jags. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Well, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to our retailers? Well, that was a great introduction, I have to say. So it's going to be hard for me to beat it. Um, But yes, you're right. I am a money mindset and savings coach. And what that basically is, is I work with individuals and I help them to manage their set of beliefs or values or attitudes that they have surrounding money. So a lot of people come to me with negative um, limiting beliefs surrounding money. So my um, aim is to work with those individuals and help them to change it so they can be more positive. If we have a negative attitude towards money, then, you know, that affects our relationship with it. And we don't want that. So my job is to get everyone walking into their abundance. Oh, abundance. I love it. That's a fantastic word to start with. I'm really excited for this podcast um, and this episode, actually. So, you know, with this pandemic, it's it's not just affecting businesses, but hugely affecting personal stress. So retailers are either overworked with long hours or they're at the opposite end of the spectrum where they're furloughed or have even sadly been made redundant. Money is a huge subject on people's minds, even if we're not talking about it. You talk about money mindset. Explain Mm -hmm. what that is and how it can help our retailers. So money mindset is literally a set of beliefs, values, your morals or attitudes that you have about money. And it actually drives the decisions that you make um, about saving, spending or even handling money. So in regards to UK retailers and staff, if you've got a poor money mindset, so you have quite a negative um, relationship with money and you stress over it, then a time like now is just going to make things a lot worse for you. So I would suggest literally just taking a step back really and try and see that money isn't everything. I know that's really hard to say when, you know, people are becoming furloughed, but if we keep stressing over money in itself, something that's not real, something just, that's just currency, then we're only going to bog ourselves down and we go into a state of depression. So we don't want to do that. So we need to kind of think of money as a tool that allows us to do things, but not something that controls our lives. That's fantastic. I think you mentioned limiting beliefs earlier. Mm -hmm. Have you got any examples of what type of limiting beliefs you've come across? Oh, 100%. So it could be someone saying now they haven't got enough money or they don't think that they're deserving of enough money. Or if they're on minimum wage, they feel that this is all that they can they can achieve. They can't achieve more than that. Um, they have negative connotations, negative language surrounding money. So, you know, for them, them saying I'm broke, that's that's normal to them. Um, for me, if someone said that around me or if I dare say it, that would be a shock to my system. But for some people, that is just normal vocabulary that they associate with money. And as you can see, it's very limiting. 
um, because it's the opposite of abundance. And when we talk about money, success, it's, it should all be positive. It should all be, you know, walking into your abundance. And if you're not, it's literally the, the exact opposite. So it's just helping people to kind of understand that because some people don't understand it. When they say I'm broke, they don't think the damage that that is actually doing. Because when you're putting it out there and saying that you're broke, that's all you're going to get more of. It's like when you start the day, um, you bump your toe on the on the bed or something. And then, you know, you carry that energy throughout the day that, you know, you hurt your foot and then oh, you missed your bus and then you missed your train. You got to work late. It's like a whole um, spew of just negative energy. So when you know that that is happening, you have to trick your mind to be like actually I do deserve more I do deserve more than minimum wage I don't have to work so many hours to get a little bit of pay you just have to literally just trick your mind and I know that's easier said than done but that's why you have to do these little practices to get yourself into the habit of doing that so how did you learn the aspects of of money mindset and, and where did that come from I think it definitely stemmed from my childhood. And when we talk about money mindset in a form, it definitely, our morals, our values, our beliefs, that comes from our childhood. So for me, growing up, um, my dad was the breadwinner in the household. He earned a lot of money. My mum, not so much, but they were both quite good savers. My dad was a very good saver. But the reason why he was a good saver is because he didn't spend any money. So growing up and seeing that, I kind of idolized my dad and thought, oh, my dad's got all this money, so good at saving, I'm going to do the same. And, you know, you take after your parents, whether it's good or bad. So um, I was a big saver, but my problem, I had the same issue as my dad. I kept saving and saving and I didn't spend it. And that can be dangerous as well because you want to enjoy your money. You don't just want to save and save. You don't just want to pay bills and just exist. You don't just want to be a statistic. So then I started to like go to events because I'm a nosy child and I still am quite nosy. I started to go to events about (laughs) money, building events, um, money, wealth events, pin events, property networking events. And I was always the youngest in the room and usually the only female. And I was just interested because I like cars. That's my thing. I love fast cars. I, I love German cars. And um, I always want to know when people have nice cars or these really fancy Italian super supercars, I wanted to know how they made their money. And I'd literally go up to people and ask them and they wouldn't be afraid to tell me. And then that's when my mindset started to change because a lot of these people came from humble beginnings. And that's when I started to understand the power of money and how money is actually a tool. You don't worship money. You don't cry over money. You use it to get what you want. You, um, It becomes a tool. It becomes a transaction. And I just started to learn and change my mindset and think, oh, my gosh, like, all this time we're on a hamster wheel working, working, trying to earn money and exchanging our time for it. We can actually be using money to work for us. And then I think since just meeting people, reading lots of books, I read so many books, um, listened to lovely material, went onto YouTube, just did my own research, really. That's when I started to cultivate this abundance mindset that anything I want, I can have. But I don't have to work hard to get it because there's other ways because other people are doing it. So why can't I? Ah. Is something that I am really interested in you know expanding your mindset I think I'm at the stage where I need to do a bit more research and, and get into that stage but let's let's sort of swing back and, and start by looking at, at, at the retailers who who may be in a position where they're mm-hmm. maybe overworking putting in long shifts you know putting themselves on the front line there are delivery drivers who are working double shifts people Mm. who are on in shop floors or people who are juggling more than one store 
or area that they're looking after. When I was in that position, I would I would be too tired to cook. I'd, I'd nab a takeaway on the way home. You know, it saves time, saves energy because you're exhausted. You know, working shop when when I was working shifts in shopping centres or processing online orders. You know, where the, they were the most difficult times for me. With the darker days in winter, where you'd go to work in the dark, you'd come home in the dark. It's really difficult at this time, and the pandemic itself is just layers a whole load of extra stress on people. Mm. What tips would you give to those in those positions? The first thing I would say is to plan ahead. Um, because you know the saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Even something as simple as meal prepping, I'm a big champion of this. Meal prep your meals. If you're someone who can't eat the same thing every day, make sure there's variety. So every Sunday, meal prep your meals, because what that will do on your way home from a hard, long slog of a day, you know that there's a meal waiting for you at home. You know that you don't have to stop off and spend unnecessary money on food and always pack snacks, like really healthy snacks that will give you energy bursts throughout the day. If you're not allergic, nuts are your best friend. They fill you up and they give you energy and any kind of fruit or veggie sticks that you can carry with you, do it. I say this because it might seem like, oh, a really just simple tip, but it's so effective. Like if you're nurturing your body the right way, you're able to do your job. If you're snacking on sweets, chocolate, empty carbs, it's just going to give you the itis and you're not really going to do anything. You might think you're on a sugar rush. Like the amount of people I see drink Red Bull, I'm just like, oh, if only you really knew what you're doing to your body. It's really, really not worth it. So definitely plan ahead and meal prep. As for the, um, you know, the dark mornings and dark nights, I know how horrible that is been there and what I would suggest is definitely get an early night and I say this because when you have a really good night's sleep it doesn't matter when you wake up and if it's in the dark because you would have been refreshed in yourself and you would have been able to do your job and then when you're at work take those breaks Sometimes, you know, we eat at our desk. We don't really sit down and step away. We need to step away from our desk if we have a desk and literally sit down. If you work on a shop floor, go somewhere else to eat. Take your lunch with you if you want. That's fine. You don't have to um, buy food in the shopping mall. You can bring your lunch and just sit somewhere quietly and eat it. I think it's really, really important because I used to be someone who didn't take breaks because I would have like two 15 minute breaks in the morning and the afternoon and I wouldn't take it because I just wanted to get the job done. But you see how important those breaks are. They're there for a reason because it's not healthy to be on your feet all day or be on a computer all day. You have to take those breaks. And these are just little steps that will actually help you become more at ease in your job. You won't wake up thinking, oh, my God, I've got to go to that job because I need the money. And, you know, I don't want to lose my job. We're in a pandemic. You don't want to like feel sorry for yourself. So if you just take these little, little steps to help you it will be really really good and try and go outside we talked about this go outside to get some fresh air because you're right you wake up in the dark you go home in the dark so if there's an opportunity to go outside turn into the smokers I'm not saying smoke I'm not smoking myself but go outside and say you just need a five minute break with some fresh air some daylight because it makes such a difference to your mood just little steps like that I would suggest 
And how would those translate into savings tips? It's because you're saving so much money. So if you're meal prepping and you've got a budget of, I don't know, £20 a week just for your, your lunches or £30 for your lunches and your dinners, you've you've put that into your budget. So you've accounted for that. If you stick to that budget, you don't have to ever be worried about not having enough money or you're you're feeling guilty because you spent money on a takeaway and that wasn't money that you accounted for so that's why it's really good to like have a budget take money out and be like this is what I'm going to use for my lunches and my dinners and I'm going to meal prep and I'm going to make the meals interesting and I'm going to enjoy it because the worst thing you could do is to make a meal that you don't like and you, and you end up buying a takeaway anyway so that kind of goes against the purpose of it all but yeah um, it saves you so much money it saves you time as well so that's always good and I just feel like we just need to get into the habit of doing it once you start doing it for a couple of weeks take a take away who you just you wouldn't even think about it so I think that's really important I think that's really interesting we've had a very similar conversation internally like me and my husband so even though luckily we've been able to work from home during this pandemic but it's the point that when we order a takeaway the amount of time it takes now to come we could have made that meal over twice um, at home. And I think we're, we're just starting to realise the worth of time and the worth of, you know, saving those pennies. Because in the long run, we, we, we're trying to move house. And, and all of that all adds up, all of these pennies and all these pounds. They lead to, you know, the new kitchen cabinets or, you know, that extra trip to see our parents in the petrol, you know. So yeah. I think... It, it all adds up and you're right. And that, and there are some people who are even furloughed. Maybe they're in a place where they're uncertain about their job or have been made redundant. What economical tips can you give them during this period? What can they do to look after their pennies and their pounds? Because they may not even have any savings to back up onto. No, you know what? And this was a lot of people's situation when it happened in April, March, April. What I will say, because you're furloughed, and I'll talk about for the furloughed people first. So when you're furloughed, you know, you're a bit uncertain. You don't know whether there will be a job waiting for you, but you still got income coming in. So with that, what I would do is just save. I know sometimes the furlough money might be either the 80%. If your company's topped it up to 20%, then you're even in a better position. What I would do, okay, the money that you would use to commute, save it. Set up your direct debit, direct deposit to another account and put it in there each month that you're furloughed. Don't even think about it. That's a, that's another way to save. Because if obviously you've gone into furlough and you haven't got emergency fund, you haven't got any kind of fund to back you up, then we need to start building that really rapidly. So that's the first thing that I would do. Same with cooking. Sometimes when you're at home, I know a lot of people, I feel like the food industry has just boomed since everyone's been at home because people are bored. And what do we do when we're bored? We eat, we comfort eat. That's what we do. So what I would do is take your little list, go to the shopping centre, go to the supermarket and pick out some nice meals that you can make and make a day out of it. And just meal prep everything nice that you'd want to eat. Everything you may see um, that they sell in the takeaway, recreate it. It's, and it's going to be for a fraction of the price as well. So that's something I would definitely do. Because what happens is when you're at home and you're doing your work, I don't know what it is. Because you haven't got that much of a routine, you're just always eating something. So just make sure you have that food available so you're not tempted to go onto Uber Eats or whatever it is and spend money on food. 
Um, another thing that I would suggest is um, just have a talk with yourself. See if there's anything that you can do to kind of bring more money in because, you know, you're furloughed, but you don't know if you're going to have a job when all of this is over. So I would always say is to look at your skills that you have. And this is also for people who have been made redundant as well. Look at the skills that you have, the skills that you may have had in your job and be like, oh, can I upskill this? Can I share my skills? Can I go to Fiverr.com? Um, can I register on people per hour? What skills do I have to offer people? And I think that's a really important way just to get your juices flowing, to be like, you're not just at home wasting away. You're actually doing something productive. And I think that's a really good way just to boost some income and to keep your spirits up as well, because we're human beings at the end of the day and we go through a wave of different emotions. So to keep those in check, we need to keep ourselves busy. Brilliant. I think, you know, linking your skill set to, to the amount you could be making an hour for an additional paycheck is fantastic. And I think, especially for those who are in that space of being made redundant, your skill set isn't lost. It's not something that's disappeared. It's not something that you only brought to work. This is something that you can look at, you know, as a part-time position, as a as while you're looking for something full-time, where you're looking for something that is going to bring in a bigger paycheck later on down the line. It definitely is a fantastic suggestion to think about those hourly paid jobs that people might be able to do in the meantime. Mm, 100%. I love the idea of saving the commute money. I really need to put that into practice myself. Oh, yeah, def- <laughs> it's such, such like a major key, a major key, even for the ones that have probably gone back to work, but they're having to work from home. I mean, you're getting your full pay. Just save it. Don't even look at it. I really need to take that into account myself. Um, but yeah, no, fantastic tips, fantastic tips. And and what? So linking to that, what resources can people turn to to upskill themselves in line with their own money mindset? I would say books. I just love books. They're just they're just so helpful. When you think about the industry, the self-help industry, it must be worth billions because we all need a bit of a pick me up. But I say, yep, get your pick me up, but please take action. Otherwise, you just be another person reading the book and not doing anything. But books are really good. If you're not keen on um, reading, then, you know, we've got audio books, which are amazing as well. Um, What else? YouTube. Oh, my gosh, YouTube. How could I not? YouTube is massive. You can find anything on there. So if you're a visual learner, you can actually listen and watch the person as well. So I think that's a really good resource. And also podcasts. I mean, podcasts have just been taken off these past couple of years. And you can really get some really good conversations in there and some insights into everything, really, whether it's from investing, mindset, money management. It's all there. So those are the resources that I would personally recommend. So you mentioned books. Is there any have you got any suggestions for people who may not have ever thought about this and are sort of beginning their journey with money mindset? Of course. So my number one book that I always, always recommend is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. It's a really, really, really good book simply because it just kind of gives you rich dad mentality poor dad mentality so all throughout the book they're always going back and forth with the comparisons and you probably be able to see yourself in either the rich dad or the poor dad uh, most people do start off seeing themselves in the poor dad and then by the end of the book they're like, actually I can have a rich dad mentality and what I like about it is almost like a biography Robert's talking about his 
two dads that he basically had and it was just such an interesting book to help you understand um mindset really and how if you carry a poor dad mindset where that gets you in life and if you have a rich dad mindset where that gets you in life so I think that's a really good book to start off with in regards to um mindset once you've um read that book and you want to know a little bit more you want to transition then I'd always suggest Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker amazing book for mindset it's literally like the pimp up version of the rich dad poor dad love it it really gets into the crux of what mindset is and how your thoughts become things and I'm all for that so that's two books I always recommend brilliant I'm definitely going to be checking them out I think I'll be starting with rich dad poor dad because I'm still at the start of my own journey so thank you for that I really appreciate that Natalie Mm. um and I guess last lastly do you do you have any advice that you can give to people who are struggling in the workplace maybe with with money so okay. either either they're in a space where they're struggling to make ends meet or they're struggling to even understand the concepts that you've mentioned okay what I will say is that a problem shared is a problem halved as cliche as that might sound it is very very true we need to speak up because if we just keep quiet and deal with this on our own we don't know who will be able to help us so we have to definitely speak up whether it's a family friend or um, a family member just talk to them because you don't know who is going to be available to help you so definitely speak up that is step number one step number two just do some self-reflecting and forgive yourself this is very important we don't talk about it enough you need to forgive yourself for any past money mistakes that you may have made or any money or bad decisions that you may have made but you don't go forward so I think it's very important to forgive yourself and then decide what you're going to do to um, make your future a better place so if you're struggling with debt um, struggling to make ends meet there's always companies out there that would help you um like debt advice companies that will give you free advice to kind of help you on your way and do seek out those people because again if we don't pick up the phone or we don't go online and check we don't know what help is available we have to take action and really just have a community of people there's a lot of people out there that are feeling the same way that you are so do get yourself in some forums do get yourself in some groups follow the right people online and just look for help because they're they're definitely going to be helped there but you have to be the one that wants it don't just sit in pity because no one can help you if they don't know what's going on so that those are a couple of things that I would actually suggest if you are struggling and just have a date with your finances I like to do this once a month sometimes twice a month but it's really good just to look for your finances that month get a highlighter pen out get your favorite bevy as well and just go through your finances and see what is going out what is fixed meaning stuff that can't change, your rent, your mortgage payment, okay, that's fixed. Highlight that in one colour. Then highlight stuff that you've been buying frivolously, whether it's food, takeout, clothes, whatever it is. Because I feel like clothes, a lot of people have been buying a lot of clothes over this period. I don't understand why, because we're not going anywhere. But anyway, highlight those payments and then look back on it and think, okay, cool, where can I cut back? We don't like to cut back, but we have to cut back, especially at this time. We have to be smart with our spending decisions. So that's something that I would suggest. And you know what? It's a great exercise. When you start looking through that and be like, oh, my gosh, I've spent like this month over £100 on food. You know that you can cut that back. You know you can cut that back. I've just given you the keys to do a monthly or weekly meal prep. 
So you know that you're not going to end up spending a hundred pound or more a month on food on takeout. So I feel like we need to do these practices and then you'll see that you'll get a bit of a burden being lifted off you because you're doing something about it. You're taking action. You're looking at your finances. You're printing off your bank statement. You're looking at it in black and white. We have to get really realistic with ourselves. We can't hide under a rug anymore. And the moment we do that, you find that the struggle becomes a lot less heavy to carry. I think that's so important. And I think you've you've tackled some key topics today. So from those smaller tips that people can use to the books and and podcasts that they can be researching and finding themselves as well. So thank you so much, Natalie, for your time and energy today. You know, what fantastic takeaways for our retailers from limiting beliefs around money to planning ahead that leads to saving more from saving your commute costs to having a date with your finance is a new concept I definitely want to look into. <laughs> so, so thank you so much for the wealth of topics that we've covered today. No, you're very welcome, James. You're very welcome. So if you have enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted. Share this podcast with your fellow retailers and colleagues to spread the word because knowledge is power. <laughs>